It's episode 128 on Here to Thrive. And today I want to talk through three practices that will help you hear your inner voice. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. I just want to make a little note that Here to Thrive is going to be taking a break for December. I will be releasing one episode to tell you about the 2020 planning guide that I will have available for you all. But other than that, we won't be back with interviews and formal episodes until January. So this is the last official episode for the year. I also want to thank all of you that have left those reviews. They mean so much and little did I know, but they really do help with iTunes and making sure that other people find Here to Thrive. So if you've yet to leave a review, they really do mean so much to me. So if you could work that out for me, it does not go unnoticed. Jumping into today's topic, three simple practices to help you hear your inner voice. Now, none of this is rocket science. It's not like you won't have heard these ideas before, but these are the three practices that I personally undertake to make sure that I stay in touch with myself, to make sure I hear my inner voice. It's not like I hadn't heard them before. What really made the difference was committing to making them a practice in my life. So I really wanna highlight that. These things need to be a practice in your life, not something that you jump in and out of when you need a Band-Aid. They really are more powerful when you make a habit of them. I also want to say this hasn't been easy for me to do, and nor do I think it's easy for anyone, which is why I do use that word practice. I have to maintain a regular schedule around this. Otherwise, I find that I tend to drift into the noise of the outer world and away from my personal knowing and intuition again and again. It's when I let go of these simple things that I drift away from myself. Now, the last episode was a conversation with Monica Berg, where we discussed our reality and consciousness from the point of view of Kabbalah. One thing that stuck out to me in that episode was our discussion around listening to our intuitive nudges. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to record this episode. Six years ago, I had just moved to the USA. I was at my lowest point personally. I had two kids under the age of two. I was in a foreign country and I felt very out of place. My husband was under a lot of pressure at the time and he was working long hours. I felt isolated and was very unsure about myself. My confidence was flailing. It was around this time that I started flirting with the idea of following my inner voice. 
But then I realized that I couldn't remember the last time I had been in touch with any sense of inner knowing. I can literally remember sitting on my little boy's bedroom floor and having this thought of, do I even have an intuitive bone in my body? I was so unsure about having an inner voice. But I started from this place of curiosity. I started from this place of, what if I could get in touch with my inner voice? Two things I think really stand out to me when I think about our inner voice or our inner wisdom is that our thoughts are loud and they're constant. And if you're anything like me, you have a stream of commentary running through your head at all times. Yep, I have a loud and busy mind. But aside from that, aside from what's going on in our own heads, the world is noisy. It's so noisy. It's full of expectations, unwritten rules, feelings of obligation, societal pressure, So there is a default script to our lives that will take us along and influence us the whole time if we are not tuned into our own voice. Now, I've said it many times in this podcast, but our inner voice, our intuition, our higher self, whatever you prefer to call it, it speaks in whispers. You have to intentionally tune in to hear this grounded and wise advice that I promise you each and every single one of us can access. So that's why I'm recording this podcast, because I was the woman that didn't think I had an intuitive bone in my body. I was the woman that was so tuned out that I wondered how I could ever get back in touch with my inner voice. And these are three practices that I have currently built into my routine that help me do just that on the regular. They help me make sure that I never stray too far from that inner connection. So number one, I'm sure this won't surprise you, I meditate. Now this may not sound sexy to many of you, it may sound like too much effort, you may have your mind screaming out, I'm too busy for that, and I can remember being that way too. It was not until I dabbled with meditation for years that I actually realized that the impact not meditating had on me. So the benefits of meditation for me were subtle at first, but now I recognize them most starkly when I haven't meditated for some time. My meditation practice looks like playing a meditation track from Tali Rolin from Metatones. Check out episode 85 of Here to Thrive. Yep, we're all the way up to episode 128 and I don't release them anywhere near as frequently as I used to and I'm still doing that. That is how much I believe in Tali's Metatones. You can hear a clip from my favorite meditation track on number 85, episode number 85, and I still listen to that track more times than not during the week in my meditation. The only time I mess it up or change it up, I should say, is if I'm feeling like I've got a really busy mind. Like if my thoughts are bouncing and they're extra loud, I will switch to a guided meditation from Insight Timer. Now, my favorite teacher on Insight Timer is called Alison 
Sarau, I guess is how we say her name. I'm going to link to her in the show notes, but I really like her guided meditations. And I find that if I'm feeling particularly unsettled, then having something to concentrate on helps keep me a bit more focused. Now I have dabbled, like I said, with meditation for years, but it wasn't until I made it a part of my daily routine that I did not stray from that I've really noticed the impact. I used to try and do it at night, but I have now found that the morning is really the only time that I can do it. I now wake up an hour before my family and start my day with meditation. So I wake up a full hour before my boys and I go straight to meditation first and I do 20 to 30 minutes. But that's because I know they're really highly unlikely that they will wake up at that point. I then jump on the treadmill for 20 minutes And if they wake up at that point, they can come down, they know where I am, and they aren't going to be interrupting me. Whereas meditation, it feels like an interruption, quite clearly, if your kids come and knock on the door. And let me tell you, I have had that happen. Oh, it hasn't happened very frequently since I've had my new routine, I think only twice. But you know what? I'm a mom too, so that takes precedence. But I try and get up in plenty of time, so it's highly unlikely that I'll be interrupted. What I find by getting up this one hour earlier, is that it sets me up for being so much more grounded throughout my entire day. If I meditate first, I am less reactive and it sets me up to bring an awareness into my day that keeps me more awake and questioning and curious of my experience. That is what I mean by being less reactive. It facilitates a space between stimulus and response that allows me to make more conscious choices throughout my day. I'm not just reacting, I'm responding. Now that's a Viktor Frankl quote, by the way, the stimulus response thing, that's not me. But it's in that space between stimulus and response, that's where I have increased self-awareness. And that's what meditation has done for me. Now a quick note about meditation I have been meditating for a good number of years now, and I want to say that I still have a busy mind. I still have thoughts bouncing around whenever I sit on my meditation cushion, and I use what I have learned from Pema Chodron when this happens. When I notice that I'm thinking, when I catch myself in thought, I simply say to myself, thinking, and then I return my focus to my outbreath. Now, I think this is a really essential part, that it's not about not thinking. It's about training yourself to notice when you are thinking. As I mentioned above though, if I feel like my mind is particularly full of brain chatter, that's when I bounce to a guided meditation. But it's about training your brain to notice that you're thinking and that's what you take into the rest of your life. That is what helps you bring a greater sense of self-awareness, being less reactive and more intentional in the way you show up in your life. That is it. Now, the second thing I do is I journal. Specifically, I do something called morning pages. And yes, I do them in the morning too. Now, you can Google search Julia Cameron, who is the woman who came up with this whole deal as a way to foster and deepen our creativity. But I find it a wonderful way to bring the self-reflection into my life and a way that I can listen to my inner voice. Having now done it consistently for quite some time, I now crave this space to sort through and let go of my own thoughts. 
It's a space where I can make sense of the jumble in my head. Specifically, I free write for about three pages, not for about, I free write for exactly three pages every weekday morning. Those are her rules. It's literally a mind dump and it's often complete rubbish. I often start with, I think it's going to be cold today or I'm peed off about this yesterday. It truly is a stream of consciousness and that's what it's designed to be. I will say that as I'm doing my morning pages, as I'm writing these three pages, if I'm specifically wanting to tap into my higher self or guidance, I will take a moment halfway through my stream of consciousness and I'll get into the frame of mind, I'll get kind of centered and I ask, what is it I most need to hear right now? What is it I most need to hear right now? And then I take the pen and start writing again. And it tends to be that those notes are full of wisdom. The rest of it's rubbish. But when I stop and ask that question, that is where I really get grounded in my higher self and the wisdom that I need to hear. We're all our own best experts. We all know what we need to hear. We just need to find the space to tune in. So I'd encourage you to search Julia Cameron, or you can check out her book that talks all about this entire process, and that's called The Artist's Way. You can check out my favorite books list. I think I've got it on there. I should have it on there, which is thrive.how forward slash shop, and you'll find a link to my Amazon page. So the second thing I do as a ritual is journaling, specifically free writing every single weekday. Finally, The third thing I do, this isn't even a plug for me, is I call on a coach or a therapist. Yes, I'm a coach and yes, I have my own support team. After breast cancer, I decided that I needed a therapist to help me process some of the emotions I had and help me make sense of the experience. And this has been a phenomenal part of my healing. She provides a reflection point where I can start to zoom out from my life and pull the threads of meaning together. And in truth, even with all my experience, I was struggling to do that in my own little bubble. It has been phenomenal to have a reflection point to help bring that out of me and exactly that, reflect it back so I can hear it in a different way. Now, the same can be true of a coach when we consider it in a broader sense. I know I do this for my clients. I know I help them step back from their lives for a moment and ask the bigger questions. What do I really want in my life? Is what I'm doing now really bringing me joy? If not, what do I need to change? And if I do need to change, why haven't I done it yet? These aren't small questions to ask of ourselves. And in truth, the daily pace of life, it just doesn't necessarily give us the space or the opportunity to do this. These are hugely important questions, and they're what underpins living a good and intentional life. But unless you make the space to ask them, it's really hard to hear what you need. I'm just thinking of a coaching call I had with one of my executive coaching clients today, and I know I do this for him in the midst of his crazy work schedule and all of the fires he has to put out. I am the space in his diary every other week where he gets to step back from it all for a moment and 
and look in at the scenario and make sure he isn't just reacting, that he is being intentional in his responding. Like I said earlier, it's all about making the space so that you can hear those quiet thoughts that are bubbling away in the background when the rest of the world around you is so noisy. So those are the three things I do. Not rocket science, but it's a matter of really making the space to do these things in your life. Committing to them. Committing to yourself. Having made this commitment to myself, I feel more in touch with my inner guidance, with my inner wisdom, and far less swayed by the world around me. Meditating, journaling, and coaching These are the tools that keep me centered and on my own path. These are the tools that keep me swimming in my own lane. And I cannot rate them highly enough in terms of happiness. Now, as I mentioned, we're taking a break now. You will see one short episode pop up in December where I talk about how you can get your hands on the 2020 planning guide that I have created for my clients. But I'm going to share it with you too because you're all my people and that's important. In the meantime, if you want to hear more about me, about Here to Thrive, about what I do in my day job, then jump over to thrive.how. That's where it all lives. Until then, I feel like I'm signing off for the year, which is just, whoa, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, have a wonderful holiday break, whichever holiday you celebrate, Hanukkah, Christmas, all of the above, none of the above, Happy New Year's Eve, all of it, all those things. And we'll be reconnecting at the start of 2020. Take care, beautiful people. Keep thriving. Bye.